Welcome to the Dulos Youth Podcast. We hope this encourages and empowers you to be connected to God and one another. Thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the message. I truly am excited to preach today. Uh, I've been I've been excited for this message, and I'm excited just to get back on stage here. For those of you who are not um, on campus with, with us, you're watching online on YouTube or you're listening to us on the podcast, thank you for joining in. If you like it, share it with a friend. For those of you who are in person, I love seeing your smiling faces. I think it's great. I love that you guys are here, um, and I'm excited. It encourages me, um, and, and, and I'm ready to preach. Like, like Cole said, um, we are wrapping up this Defined series today. And last week, Cole preached the, the first part of Ephesians chapter 2 with this message that you were once dead, but now you're made alive. Like, like if it wasn't for Jesus, we'd still be just dead in our sins. But through Jesus, we can be made alive. And to be honest with you, like, I'm not going to preach his message again. If you uh, didn't listen to it last week, go back, find it, listen to it. Because without that message, today's message doesn't really make sense. Like, today we're going to talk about things like, like adoption, like, like reconciliation. Things like, like, like we were once lost and far away from God, but now we're able to be close. We've been reconciled. Um, and, 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 man, if you don't get the first part of this message, the, the, the fact that you were once dead and now made alive, well, then this next part just really doesn't make sense. See, here's, here's what we're gonna do today. Um, if you aren't there yet, open up to Ephesians chapter two because we're gonna walk through the rest of the text from verse 11 through the rest. Uh, but while you're turning there, I've got a quick question for you. Have you ever felt like an outcast? Have you ever felt like, man, I just don't really belong? Uh, for me, there's been two big times that I felt that way. The first was uh, going into sixth grade. Uh, in Florida, where I grew up, sixth grade was junior high, right? And so going from elementary school, fifth grade, top dog, big dog, going into sixth grade, my family moved. Now, we still lived in Florida, but, but we moved to a new school district, like, like, all of my friends that I made in fifth grade, man, I was having to start fresh, start over in sixth grade. And that was tough. But then after eighth grade, I did my three years in junior high and it was great, made a lot of good friends. At the, the summer between eighth and ninth grade, mom says, hey, we're moving to Texas. Now it's one thing to move from like one place in Florida to another, like you know what kind of crazy you're getting. It's another thing to move from Florida to Texas right before your freshman year of high school. Like legitimately, I still thought that people like rode horses around to the grocery store, to school. Like that was in my mind. Now, I realize now I was way off, but I was having to start completely over. Like I felt like the outcast moving here to Texas. Like I didn't belong, like, like I didn't have any friends and maybe you can relate to that. Or maybe for you, it was that time that you got picked last. And I'm not talking like, hey, you know, yeah, I got picked last, whatever. I'm talking like last, last. Like, like everybody's picking teams and then you're the one person left 
And that one cool kid goes, yeah, we don't want him. He can be on your team. Like, go for it. Like, like last, like, okay, I, I, I guess you can play with us. Maybe that doesn't relate to you. Maybe for you, it was that time that all of your friends got invited to that party. And like, you knew the person throwing the party, but for some reason, you didn't get the invite. And you, you felt like an outcast. You felt alone. You, you felt like you were separated. Well, if you can relate to any of those, you can relate to, to the group of people in this story today. Today, we're gonna talk about the Jews, God's chosen people, the, the holy people, the, the righteous, religious people. And we're gonna talk about the Gentiles, not God's people. The, the people that weren't the Jews the people that were looked at as, as unclean, as outcasts, they were the ones that were just different. They, they were the ones that were gonna be left out. They were the ones that were picked last. They were the ones that didn't quite belong. And as you can imagine, having two groups that are, that are so different from each other, all found there in Ephesus, like that caused some tension that caused some, some divide, that caused some issues that Paul addresses through the rest of this chapter. So hopefully by now you're at Ephesians 2 on your phone or on, in your Bible. Uh, we're gonna pick up the story in verse 11. Paul says, therefore, remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh, the uncircumcision uh, by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, Remember that you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and being without God. Paul starts here with, with therefore, okay? And if you've been studying your Bible for any amount of time, you know that when somebody writes therefore, what that tells you is, man, I gotta look at what happened just before this. And we know from last week's message that, that what happens just before this is Paul explaining that, that, hey, we were once dead, lost, separated from God, but now you can be made alive through Christ. Like, like that is a big deal. That, that, that is what matters the most. Instead of going from somebody with no hope, with no purpose, without God, now we can be a part of what God is doing. Man, if you haven't given your life to Jesus yet, that's still you. Separated from God, alienated from God, missing out on what God is trying to do in your life. And that's not me like trying to dig on you. That's not me trying to come at you. That's Paul just telling you the truth. That outside of Jesus, man, you are still dead in your sins, but through Jesus, you can be made alive. See, in fact, that was the fate of the Gentiles. Up until Acts chapter 10, that would be how you would describe the Gentiles, not God's people, separated from God. But in Acts chapter 10, something special happens. In Acts chapter 10, a guy named Peter, one of the disciples, has this vision from God where God says, hey, I need you to go to Cornelius' house. Cornelius was not a Jew, okay? So that means he was a Gentile. He was a, a, a Roman centurion. He was of the, the Roman army. And the vision tells, tells Peter, hey, I need you to go and share the gospel with them. 
Now this is significant because this is the first time that the gospel was for more than just God's chosen people. This marked the first time that the gospel was to be spread to everyone. And, and it says that Cornelius and his whole house gave, they, they heard the, the gospel and they gave their lives to Jesus. They responded in baptism. And the really cool thing about that is fast forward 2000 years, we still get to be a part of what God's doing. We still get to hear the gospel and respond to the gospel as Gentiles in the same way as they did. Here's the first point I want you to get today is that you are reconciled by Christ. You and I, we are reconciled by, by Christ. We had a broken relationship with God. We weren't God's chosen people. We weren't of the line of Abraham. We, our relationship with God was broken the first time we sinned. And it is only by Jesus that we get to, to have our relationship fixed. You know, the truth is you and I can't fix our relationship with God on our own. Like we try to, right? We, we think, man, if I can just check all the boxes off, if I just do all the things that the preacher says I need to do, and, and I just follow this list of things, man, if I can do that, well, then I can fix my relationship with Jesus or my relationship with God. I don't need Jesus. The reality is you and I aren't good enough to reconcile ourselves. We're not good enough to fix and restore our relationship with God on our own. Instead, Paul says, hey, you do need Jesus. And when you're right with him, man, you can be reconciled to God. See, Paul wasn't satisfied starting this part of the chapter and just telling the Ephesian church, hey guys, just so you know, uh, you can be reconciled to God. Uh, Jesus died for you. He, He took your punishment and that's the end of the story. No, he keeps going. Verse 13, he says, but now, In Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. That's a lot. I get it. Let's unpack it together. Paul says, but now. Remember back to last week's message. There was a a really big part of that message just found in, in verse four where it's, but God, right? He says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. That but changed everything for us. So now, verse 13, when he says, but now in Christ, here's what changes. Through Jesus's blood shed on the cross, you can be brought near to God. Better said is our second point that you can be reconciled in Christ, that you were reconciled in Christ. The first point is that you're reconciled by Jesus, right? It's this truth that, hey, this is what Jesus did. Like, like you, can, you have that opportunity to respond, but true reconciliation only happens if you are in Christ, if you have a relationship with Jesus. That's when everything changes. 
You see, it's in the shadow of the cross that you were brought near to God. And realize as Gentiles, we were all far away from God, like from the very beginning. Paul, Paul talks about it in Acts chapter 22 when he's explaining, uh, he's retelling the story of, of his conversion, right? And he says that, that, that um, the Lord had said to him, he gave him a mission to go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Realize something, that wasn't just geographically. It, it wasn't like, hey, I need you to go like to the other side of the planet to, to find the Gentiles, no, the Gentiles were there. Instead, this was, hey, I need you to go reach those people that are really far away from me. They, they've never walked with me. They, they weren't of the religious line, the Jews. No, no, these people never had a relationship with me. But I need you to go, go to those faraway people because I want them to be a part of my family. See, you and I were once far off, but in Christ, we were brought near to God. I had a professor that says it this way. He says that the same blood that removes the stain of sin also removes the stigma of separation. You see, it's Jesus's blood that, that cures us of our sin problem. It's Jesus's blood that also cures us of our separation away from God. And it is only through Christ that we can have true reconciliation. Like that's the only way to bring about real peace and real unity. And don't miss this. Realize something, okay? Peace with God ultimately leads to peace with fellow man. Like this is huge. Think about it in terms of the Jews and the Gentiles, right? Like there's no, no matter our background, no matter, no matter where we came from, when you are made right with God, you have a call in your life to make sure that you, that you are reconciled with those around you. Like, don't call yourself a Christian and still say, hey, but I hate these people. No, when you are reconciled to God, that puts the responsibility on you to be reconciled to those around you. There isn't a choice. Like, it's the effects of living the reconciled life. You can't, you can't have it both ways, no. Reconciliation is the fruit of what happens when you give your life to Jesus. Here's how Paul said it in Galatians chapter three. He said, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you who were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male or female for all are one in Christ Jesus. And if you are in Christ, then you're Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. Did you pick up the, the three categories he brought up here? He talks about race, he talks about social status, and he talks about gender. 2,000 years ago. Like, like 2,000 years ago, these were the things that were causing division. You think Satan's still up to his divisive ways? You think Satan still knows the things that he can try to do and use to, to divide Christians, to divide people? Man, I do. Jesus brought down the dividing walls to, to kill the hostility and to bring unity and peace. But if you look at our world today, I don't see much unity and peace. Uh, unless there's something I'm missing, you know what I see? 
I see too many Christians not living out a reconciled life, a life that is fully surrendered to Jesus. See, when I was looking through this text, I had a thought that came to my mind, like what would it take to, to, to reach peace, to, to reach unity? I think it's kind of twofold. I think the first part of it is you've got to find common ground with somebody. It doesn't matter how different two people are. The Jews and the Gentiles, completely different people. But you can find common ground with someone. Here's how it works. Hey, um, we're both humans. We're both living and breathing. We both need air, food, water to survive. We're both made in the image of God, by God. More than that, man, we're both sinners. And we miss the mark sometimes and we fall short. Like Romans tells us that, that for, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Like you can find common ground between any two people. But the second part of it, I think might be even more important. You see, common ground on its own isn't enough. Like our common ground comes from the fact that we both need Jesus, but unity only happens through Christ, through a relationship with Jesus. You wanna know what it would take to fix the problems in our world today? People getting their life right with Jesus. Until that happens, we're gonna see the same issues over and over and over again, maybe for the next 2,000 years. It takes common ground, but more than common ground, it takes a relationship with Jesus to bring about real peace and unity. Paul explains it here in this text. He says that Jesus will create for himself or in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. It's no longer the Gentile race and the Jewish race, it's the heavenly race. And it's only that way through Jesus. There is no racial issue in our world that is greater than the power of Jesus. Man, if, if people would just stop and see each other the way that Jesus sees each other, the way that Jesus sees us, man, I believe we could have real peace and real unity in our world because Jesus has, has taken care of the barrier, the dividing wall, the separation has been destroyed. But it's up to you and I to live out this reconciled life. See, we are reconciled by Christ, right? We're reconciled in Christ, but third. We are reconcilers for Christ. Here's how Paul finishes the chapter. He says, and he came and he preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together as a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Man, it's really cool that Jesus offers us reconciliation, right? It's really, really cool that when we are in Christ, we can be reconciled to others. But there's another step. Man, Jesus calls us to be reconcilers to each other. 
Like it is our task. Second Corinthians 5, uh, 18 to 20, <clears throat> Paul talks about this, this ministry that we have to go and to be reconcilers, to bring people to, to Jesus. Let me ask you this. Um, has there been anybody in here who has like given their life to ministry at, at a camp, at something else? Okay, we've got a couple. Can I tell you guys something, a little secret, everybody else? We're all called to be ministers. That doesn't mean that we're all called to work inside of the church building, but we are all called to the ministry of reconciliation. Each and every one of us, as doctors, as lawyers, as teachers, whatever your job is that you're gonna do for the rest of your life, you have been called to be a minister. Because you've been reconciled to God, now you're called to lead others people, other people to him. Like you can't just opt out of it. No, that, that challenge, that, that uh, commission is for each and every one of us. And Paul says that, that this offer of reconciliation is for everyone. He, he specifically says those who are far away and those who are close. Those who are the Gentiles, right? Not God's chosen people and those who are, who are the Jews. The ones that, that, that were so close, that were near to God, but still missed it. Man, we all need Jesus. There isn't a group that, that, that doesn't need Jesus. Listen to this thought. It says, when, when Gentile and Jew are united in Christ, the ancient hostility has come to an end. Making peace is not just an improvement on the situation. No, it is the creation of something totally new. The new man is neither Jew or Greek, but Christian. The truth is that Jesus came to, to break down the dividing walls, the things that, that cause division amongst us. And he came to bring a unique oneness. If you wanna read more about it, just turn your, your page, a couple pages to Ephesians chapter four. And like that whole chapter starts with, with this big idea that man, we are called to be one in Christ. There's supposed to be unity among us, but that can only come through Jesus. Well, back to this text, uh, verse, verse 18, Paul says, and for through him, that's Jesus, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Let me, let me pause and explain this a little more. This access that he talks about is better translated as like the right to approach. Okay, think about a king. Has anybody ever like met a real life king? Me neither. That'd be really cool if we have. Think about a king. You don't just like open up the doors to the palace, walk in and be like, hey, king, got something to tell you. No, like, like that would never work. No, you have to be permitted. You have to be allowed. You have to, to gain access to go talk to the king. Jesus is our access to the king. Like he tore down the walls, the, 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 the separation, the division. And he says, hey, I, I've got you. You now have access to the king through me. For the Gentiles, he tore down the, the physical dividing wall that kept the Gentiles from being able to enter the temple. For the Jews, you know that it was only the high priest that was allowed to be in the holiest of holy places. And so even as a Jew, you weren't allowed direct access to God. And the Bible says that Jesus tore the veil, that now everybody had an opportunity to go and have access to the king. 
Romans 8 talks about this, this, this shift in our relationship with God. And Paul says, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. No, you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by who we cry, Abba, Father. Says that, that, that now we are children of God, that we've been adopted by God, that we are fellow heirs with Christ. We get to address God as Abba, Father. I know that like hearing that, that might be like, yeah, that's kind of weird. I've never prayed Abba, Father. Like that's kind of weird to me. No, what, what this means is this is an intimate like relationship between child and father. That, that would be like a, a young child saying, hey, daddy. Having that intimate, close relationship that we now get to have with God. We who were once far off, who were the Gentiles, who were not God's chosen people, now get to have a closeness with him that, that is different than anything we've ever experienced before. And that is only through Jesus. You know, it's really cool that, that, that uh, Paul talks about this idea of adoption. It's also found in uh, the first chapter of Ephesians. This idea that, that we have been adopted as children, as God's children, where we can have that same relationship. Now, I don't know about you. There might be somebody who has been adopted in here, but I love the, the thought of that we get to be adopted by God, right? That's a special kind of love. Like, like that's a love that goes, hey, I don't just love you because I have to. No, I chose you. I chose to love you. I chose to adopt you. Like, like that's how much you matter to me. And because of this adoption, this, this relationship we now get to have with God, look what Paul says in verse 19. He says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Can I tell you guys something today? No longer are we defined by what separates us. No, instead we are defined by the very thing that brings us together. And that's Jesus. You see, before Jesus, we were defined as Gentiles, as being separated from Christ, being excluded from God's people, strangers to God's promises, without hope and without God. But because of Jesus' death on the cross, we are defined as his children, reconciled to God by the blood of Jesus. You know, one of my favorite things that we do here at Crossroads is every single week we take communion. And what communion represents is, is the reminder of our need for Jesus. Man, we know like we were not good enough to pay our punishment. We didn't deserve Jesus to pay our punishment for us, yet he willingly went to the cross. He shed his blood so that our relationship with the Father would be fixed. Man, there's nothing more special than that. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, even take a screenshot and share it to your social stories and tag us at Dulas Youth. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.